When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Elijah, are you ready to bring on the weird? I'm super duper ready. How about you? Oh, hell yeah. I'm the epitome of readiness for the weirdnesses. Wow. You should get that tattooed on you. Hopefully they can unspell it, right? I think you should get it spelled wrong. (laughs) No regrets, man. Spell that wrong, too? Yeah, like that movie. What is that? We're the Millers? You ever see that? Is it? It sounds familiar. Is that the one with Ed Helms and Jennifer Aniston? Not Ed Helms. Uh, Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And then there's this, this little punk carny kid with long hair, and he's like, and the guy's like, oh, I like your tattoo. What's that say? No regrets? And he's like, yeah, no regrets. He's like, really? Not even one letter, huh? Because it said, like, no regrets. <laughs> he's like, nope. That's my credo. <laughs> no regrets. That should be it. If it's not, it probably is. It should be in an urban dictionary. No regrets. Yeah. It should mean something else. The opposite? You definitely have regrets. It says no regrets, but it's the opposite. If you got no regrets, you got nothing but regrets. (laughs) I don't regret anything. So you do regret things? Or you don't not regret what? Just get a little timey-wimey around here. Some kind of weird paradox, like if you Google Google. <laughs> what's what's the number for nine one one? I don't know. Oh no, I've never needed to call it. I don't know. It's crazy, right? Shit. And Google emergency. Google, what's the number for nine one one? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you tell Google, hey Google, I've got an emergency, and she'll just flip out. Fucking call nine one one. It's my with hey, you. What are you talking to me? And it's just like, hey Alexa, you you see these dumbasses? That's why we're gonna take over the world. <laughs> One dumbass at a time. That's what they tell each other. With zeros and ones that we can't understand. We're fucked, buddy. Man, I can't wait till our Heroes and Villains episode. We'll get there. Made a list yesterday. Oh, you did? Yeah. And then uh, my coworker came over and goes, what are you doing? Because I had a picture of somebody up. He goes, I thought that was him. Then I showed him my list and he goes, oh, you should put this person and this person and that person connected to this person. I'm like, oh, dude. <laughs> Dang. But that's not what we're talking about tonight. You've been prepping me for something crazy. I don't even what's going to happen. I, I'm i not even really sure where to start with this. I mean, I guess I'll just start from the beginning. So it's going to take a couple episodes, at least. Oh, yeah. But it's essentially about, was JFK assassinated because he knew about aliens? That's a... You you Tarantino the shit out of this. Because well, at one point you're like, oh, dude, it started in 1941. JFK was assassinated a bit after that. Well, 
Yeah, it starts at like 1941. Because all the shit that happened before, it's very, very crazy. And I got all of my research, well, basically all of it, except for like the CIA documents I looked at and stuff from a book called Kennedy's Last Stand. And it's by Dr. Michael Sala. Ooh. And it's it's on Audible. And you can get that if you want to become a member or get your free trial. Sign up with our link down below. But it's about seven hours long, I think. <laughs> just just a smidge over seven. That's not too bad. I'm about halfway through. What? What have you been doing? I have 20 pages of notes. <laughs> oh, that's what you've been doing. It's insane man i i'm constantly stop and i spent one day one day at work yeah i hope my boss doesn't hear this basically doing this all day because there wasn't much going on so it's very very insane the last days of kennedy well his last stand i mean he oh kennedy's last stand he fucking went like he went he goes toe to toe with the majestic 12 man oh shit not just him. Fucking Eisenhower's in this. I got six pages on Eisenhower. <laughs> my God. It's <laughs> fucking crazy. Uh, so, I guess, well, I, I mentioned Eisenhower. Uh, at the time, at this time, like in the beginning here, he was the Army Chief of Staff, which is a position at the Pentagon. So, he's like kind of like the head dude at the Pentagon. Nice. So... We'll go to 1941, which is when Kennedy began his military career. Uh, He was in the Navy as what's called an ensign. An ensign is like the lowest ranking commissioned officer. Oh, so he's... Is private only in the Army? You know, I don't know. Or is that a general boot camp thing and then you figure out what you're doing from there? Or is boot camp Army? Like where... Where do you start with all the different branches? I don't know. There's basic training, and I think basic training, maybe boot camp is just a term. I don't know. We weren't in the military, so we don't know. Uh, He was actually dismissed from the Army due to lower back problems, which is what I'm dealing with right now, buddy. (laughs) Well, they wouldn't like you anyway. You're too old. I think I am. I know to be a police officer, you can't be, like, once you hit 35, I think that's it. Oh, then you can be president. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that. Why would I want to be a cop when I could be the president, dude? <laughs> right. But I think I think you should be you should have to work up to president. It seemed like there's different people that have sat in the big chair and fucking clueless. Clueless. Yeah. You should have to go up the ranks just like anybody else. You want to work at the hospital? Where I I saw I think I saw a, a meme or something or it was on Facebook or something. Girl Started out at a hospital as a janitor. And then as she was working as a janitor, she began her education to become a nurse. So she had she had the IDs out after 10 years or something. She started as a janitor and then she was she moved into a nurse practitioner or, you know, a lower ranking nurse type person and then eventually became a full on registered nurse. You should have to do that for presidency, too. Yeah, you're right. I mean, do we have any other than Trump that hasn't? Because who was the fucking, the actor? Reagan. Reagan. 
But he was in politics prior to being president, right? I have no idea. But that's what I'm saying. You need to have some sort of crazy political career. But, I mean, Trump runs a bunch of companies. But he went into the polit- he went into the presidency, as far as I understand, with no previous political seats. Yeah, nothing. I think that's why everybody hated him. You running this country? Blah, 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 blah. I don't think that's exactly why. I mean, he grabbed <laughs> some he grabbed some peas and you know, without even asking, he just grab her by the puzzle, you know. Oh. <laughs> All right, so Ensign Kennedy. So he eventually gets promoted to lieutenant and he was put in charge of this it's called a PT boat, which is a patrol torpedo boat. Paper towels. And, and his <laughs> his boat was rammed and split into two pieces by a Japanese destroyer. They were just like, they, you know, they they didn't even shoot any. They were like, fuck it, just hit them. Like we'll tear <laughs> this thing apart. We'll just fucking hit them. So he Kennedy was badly injured, but he was able to lead six of the crew to safety. Out of the whole ship, only two crewmen died. Nice. Yeah. So obviously the newspapers go went nuts. Kennedy's a war hero. Uh, you know, like hell yeah. Uh, oh, what is his dad's name? Father Kennedy. Anyway, you know, the headlines. Kennedy's a war hero and all this. So he gets home as this war hero. Yeah. And because his dad was, you know, he was rich as fuck. He was popular. So JFK, John F. John Fitzgerald Kennedy, becomes friends with a lot of influential and political influential political and military leaders hmm. networking yeah you know he just schmoozed them with the big the big mm-hmm. wings you know so there's one person he became particularly close to was his dad's friend actually and his name was james forstall who was the secretary of the navy at the time and uh forstall he wanted to recruit kennedy to his personal staff because he just liked the kids so much he was like you know come work with me come work for me come work for me and he was like, yeah, nah, you know, you know, we can be friends, we can hang out, but I don't want to fucking work for you, dude. <laughs> Forrestal ended up going to like this post-war trip of Europe in 1945. Damn, it was right after the war. Holy shit. Yeah, right after the war. I mean, they went in. Smoke's to see, still like, settling. Yeah, they went in to see like what was going on. You know, like, uh, you know, how can we basically, how can we fucking do some shit here? You know what I mean? <laughs> During this trip, there's a lot of there's a lot of meetings with well-known leaders. Um, so Kennedy wasn't necessarily he wasn't necessarily part of these meetings, but he was there with Forrestal. You know, just you know, they're just hanging out. You know, he brought a plus one, and Forrestal relayed some info to him. And uh, most of these meetings, like I said, were about post-war military plans. One of these plans was none other than Project Paperclip. What? Yeah, so guys, if you don't know about this, go listen to episode 11, I believe it was. It was a while ago. Yeah, I, I know. When I, I I went back and checked, and it, I'm pretty sure it was 11. And I I was blown. I kept scrolling. I'm like, where the fuck is it? Where is it? Where is it? <laughs> I, can't, I couldn't believe it was that long ago. Some things just stay so fresh. I, I don't know if that's the same thing for you, but when I think about it, I'm like, man, we, we really... Well, we covered it as much as we covered it, and I just think about this stuff sometimes. 
paperclip and even simulation hypothesis. Seems so fresh and you just we keep scrolling back and we've covered <laughs> we've done so many. I know. Well simulation, you keep getting movies out. There what's that new guy? Or yeah, new guy. Yeah, the new guy. movie free guy. Come on, man. They're fucking telling us something. Exactly. There's been a lot of them. So the president at the time was Truman. And he wanted to know why we, the victors, needed scientists from the defeated Nazis. Like, what are we doing? We fucking won. You want to take the losers? <laughs> it gets a little strange here. Uh, military advisors, this is a quote. Military advisors told him that since they had occupied the research facilities, it showed that we had been alarmingly backward in many fields of research. And then basically, like, if we don't get these fucking guys, the, the quote's over. But basically, like, if we don't get these guys back to work ASAP, but on our side, the U.S. is going to be many, many years behind. Yeah, I guess. That's the spoils of war and all that. They were ahead of us, dude. I don't. Really, I mean, we won, but it's basically because we fucking ganged up on them. Oh, yeah. If, if it was us versus them, we'd be fucking done. We'd be living in Nazi USA. Oh, yeah. That's what the uh, Philip K. Dick novel, uh, Man in the High Castle, is about. And it's on Australian Prime also. Yeah. I started watching it. I never finished it. The book was fucking boring. Oh, my God. Oh. I could not get through the book. I don't... It was just... It didn't work for me. Did you watch the show? No, I didn't get to the show because I was so disappointed in the book. I'm like, Pfft. So I watched part of the show and every it, people fucking raved about it. And I was like... I don't know. I just can't get into it. So maybe it just, I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't like the show either. Maybe I wouldn't like the book. I don't know. I'll give the show a chance, but I don't, the book was terrible. Or maybe it was the, I don't want to say it was a narrator. It was just a story. The story just kept dragging. It felt like it wasn't going anywhere. Mm. Yeah, it's not good. Mm -mm. So former CIA agent Virgil Armstrong says this. We know many fact. This is a quote. We know many factions of the Allied forces didn't believe he, meaning Hitler, had a secret weapon, and it wasn't until the Americans made such emphasis of this that they began to look at it seriously, and indeed did discover that Hitler not only had a secret weapon, he had what he what we would call today a UFO or a spacecraft. What? This is a former former CIA agent. He was so far ahead. Yeah, dude. And imagine if that fell into another nation's hands, specifically Big Red. Yeah. Would not be good. Would not be good for us. No. So, I mean, we we did what we had to do, you know? I guess. I know people fucking look at us like, oh, you took the fucking Nazis and this and that. I mean, look, it was us or them. You know, the enemy you know is better than the enemy you don't know, right? Right. You got the enemy right here in your fucking yard. You can keep an eye on them. Well, we're just trying to stack our team. That's what we're doing. Yeah. You guys lost, but you had some really fucking good players. So, uh, you know. Yeah, I would take Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds, all those fucking steroided up people on my baseball team. Damn right. I'm sure I know they're cheating, but they're on my side. <laughs> so this uh, this claim was actually backed up by Captain Edward Ruppelt, 
who was allegedly responsible for Project Blue Book. What? Here we go. We're just, you're just naming them all. I know, man. It, it involves a lot of them. Uh, so Ruppelt said in 1956, I know I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit here year-wise, but when World War II had ended, the Germans had several radical types of aircraft and guided missiles under development. The majority were in the most preliminary stages, but they were the only known craft that could even approach the performance reported by UFO observers. Oh, man. So, again, he's basically saying, like, maybe not extraterrestrial, I mean, but they had some shit that looked like UFOs, and they could do what the people said these UFOs are doing, so. Now this, listen to this, buddy. Professor Herman, Herman Oberth, who helped develop the V-2 rocket with Von Braun, mm-hmm. he was asked after the war why the Nazis had been so successful in, you know, their technology programs, like, what? how did you guys do this? He responded with this, man. We cannot take the credit for our record advancement in certain scientific fields alone. We have been helped. And then he was asked, helped by whom? And he responded, the people of other worlds. Whoa, shit. Right there, dude. They got UFOs. This guy's saying people of other worlds. What more proof do you need? People of other worlds. That, that's it. That's it right there. Was he trolling them? Was he just saying it to say it? Just to fuck with the Americans or? You know, it's very possible. I don't know. I mean, why would you even, why? This was, when was this? Oh, I don't even have a year for that. I mean, it wasn't, it probably wasn't like around the time the UFO craze was going on. Eh, Maybe it would be close, I guess. That's so insane. People of other worlds. What the hell's he thinking? We cannot take the credit for our record advancement in certain scientific fields alone. We have been helped. By whom? The people of other worlds. Other worlds. He didn't say of other nations, other lands. He said other worlds. What the hell? I don't even know what to think about that. What worlds? I don't know. I think I have a few more questions for that guy. Yeah, well, you probably can't ask him. (laughs) I'm sure he's dead by now. All right, so I promise all this is going to make sense, but there's a little jumping around. But on March 5th of 1942, now we're talking about Kennedy, and now we're going to 1942, George C. Marshall, who was the third Secretary of Defense, he wrote a top-secret memo to the president, and it says this. Regarding the air raid over Los Angeles, the Battle of Los Angeles, mind you, it was learned by Army G2, which is, I guess, they're like secret, they're like under black ops or whatever, that Rear Admiral Anderson recovered an unidentified airplane off the coast of California with no bearing on conventional explanation. This headquarters has come to the determination that the mystery airplanes are, in fact, not earthly, and according to secret intelligence sources, they are in all probability of interplanetary origin. What the hell? Marshall also goes on to state, as a consequence, I have issued orders to Army G2 that a special intelligence unit be created to further investigate the phenomenon and report any significant connection between recent incidents and those collected by the director, by the director, the office of, what? I don't know what I typed here. All right. Well, I mean, you get it. Holy shit. Now, if this leaked document is true. 
if this is a real document, Kennedy at the time was in the Department of Naval Intelligence. Okay. I mean, this is a military, this was a military operation. Kennedy is in the uh, Department of Naval Intelligence. Maybe he knew about this. So he was kind of, he wasn't kind of in the right place, right right time kind of thing. He just happened to be in a place where he could probably know about that. Yeah. But that's crazy. Battle of Los Angeles, and they found in a vehicle that was not of Earth's origin. Yeah, according to George C. Marshall, who was the third Secretary of Defense. I mean, that's not some fucking peon. No. He was the third Secretary of Defense. Right. And he just straight up says, are in all probability of interplanetary origin. I... Since World War II, it seems like technology has just went bananas. As soon as we brought the, well, we have the Operation Paperclip or Project Paperclip, whatever you want to call it. We brought them scienti- those scientists over, and we went to the moon. And then from there, we, radio frequency, we're connected to everything, everywhere. It just seems like technology was boom, 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 constantly. Going, going, going. So what if this is just a crazy, fantastical theory? I don't know. What if there is so much technology that the reason we're not seeing them today and as much, it seemed like in this time period, and here and there we still see something else, but what if we also got the technology? What if we're, What if they're working with us to... Mask them from the masses. To mask the aliens? Yes. Well, I mean, that's very possible. According to all that, we're seeing the technology of all the the ships and weaponry or, or just traveling, how, whatever it is. Why wouldn't there be technology for hiding it also or develop it from there? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm with you, dude. I, I don't know. We have so many commercial flights now that any given radar, I mean, everything's supposed to have some sort of call sign or or something that's flying through any nation's airspace. But there's so many of them now. Can you account for every single blip on the radar? I, I mean, you probably should be able to. Unless those ones that don't want to be seen know how to not be seen. Well, I mean, doesn't our... Stealth bomber? Is it the... No, what fucking plane is it? The stealth bomber, right? Yeah, you're talking about the black one? Yeah. Real sleek? Yeah. That can't be... Or it, it used to not be able to be seen by radar. Right, so when does the radar catch up to that? And is there another cloaking that's beyond that? Not, I mean, yeah. cloaking sounds real sci-fi, but I'm talking about just a... You know, undetectable by current radar technology. I mean, we have shit now where it's able to bend the light around whoever's right behind it. Right. Now, it looks, it's very crude looking. It doesn't look great. And you can tell there's something there. Like you That's can tell just that, what you're seeing as a public. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what we see. That's the shit that we see. Like, what do they have? Like, I'm with you, dude. I mean, they might, 
they could be all over the place. What there was a movie about that a long, long time ago. What was it called? They live. Is that the one with the rowdy rowdy piper? Uh, I don't know. It you needed these special glasses and you could see the fucking yeah. aliens all over the yeah, place. Yeah. It yeah. was that rowdy rowdy piper. There was one scene, man, the fight scene is just it's it's awesome. He's just they're just brawling. Just throwing down in this alley, and it's like this five or ten minute sequence, and maybe I'm totally wrong with that, but it seems it's this extended period of time in the movie where they're just punching each other, you're just beating on each other. It's not a real quick martial arts yeah kind of thing. Not Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris <laughs> going at each other. It's just this hammering on one another. Rowdy Piper and somebody else. It was it was a good freaking fight. I don't even remember it, dude. It was a long-ass time ago. Yeah. And that's where you get Soylent Green, right? Ooh. Isn't that uh, some sort of herbal thing? Soylent Green? I don't know. Soylent Green so, and they live. So, in nineteen in September of 1947, Forrestal, who was Kennedy's friend, uh, he became the first secretary uh, of the Department of Defense. Okay. So, basically, the first Secretary of Defense, George C. Marshall, was the third. You'll find out who's the second. Uh, I'm trying to decide how I want to do this, man. Toilet Green was a 1973 movie. American Ecological, Dystopian. (laughs) But I know, I thought there was, maybe it's just Soylent. Yeah, Soylent is a brand name for uh, meal replacement products. Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I never heard of it. Probably for good reason. <laughs> Why? It's probably no good. Oh. Meal replacement, and then uh, it just washes right out of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, fuck, dude. I don't know how to, I don't know how to, so, all right, I'm going to do a little jumping, I guess, through my notes. So, he became the Secretary of Defense, the first one, in 1947. Okay. Also in 1947, the Majestic 12 was created. Mm, correlation? Causation? Uh, it was created by Truman to aid the recovery in the recovery and investigation of alien spacecraft. So. That is a real officially on the books thing, isn't it? it that's not a conspiracy theory. That happened. The Majestic 12? Yeah. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen the documents, buddy. Yeah, there's majestic. I don't. I mean, I don't know if there's people out there trying to say they're not real, but they look pretty damn real to me. But Truman put together a team to do just that. Yeah. Officially. Yeah, officially. Fucking crazy, dude. It just seems bananas because there's always we. It's taboo or something. We're just talking conspiracy theories all the way around it, but that. Happened by the government officially. There was a task force or a team, some sort. Yes. Keep going. I just I love love the idea that it's totally on the books. So according to, well, I skipped this. Forrestal was part of the Majestic Twelve. All right. And according to Bill William, aka Bill Cooper, Forrestal wanted the truth to get out about aliens but he was overruled in the voting process amongst the other members and he was forced to resign. Mm, forced. 
Well, Forrestal got it. So let me tell you what happened to Forrestal. All right. (laughs) And then after I tell you what happened to Forrestal, we'll take a break. All right. So Forrestal died under mysterious circumstances in May of 1949, which was just two months after allegedly being dismissed of his duties by President Truman. Mm, naturally. Well, no, he didn't. It wasn't natural. And it, <laughs> so he was found on the rooftop under his 16th floor window after apparently jumping to his death. What? Hold up. He fell to his death. So what happened was he had a nervous breakdown. This is all alleged. He had a nervous breakdown. He got dismissed from his duties and he got put in a hospital and he was telling people they're following me they're following me shit like that and then he was found on on a rooftop under the 16th floor window so like he fell okay and then fell onto another lower roof okay that was at uh bethesda naval hospital and i i my guess is that's maryland bethesda that's the bethesda that i know but who knows because the same towns are all over the country. Yeah. Paris, he Texas. Was, what? Yeah, what's up with that, man? <laughs> he was not allowed to have normal visitations. Okay. Was he did he have a family? Yeah, his wife, his two sons, a guy named Sidney Sewers, Lewis Johnson, who was the second Secretary of Defense, Truman, and Congressman Lyndon Johnson all visited him. Not at the same time, but... Interesting. But he wasn't allowed... Like, his brother wanted to visit him, and he fought and fought and fought like hell, and finally threatened to sue, and they were like, all right, come on. <laughs> so apparently, Forrestal was glad to see his wife and kids, but he was not close to or cared to see any of the other people. He was like, what the fuck are you doing here, basically? Like, first right. of all, Truman, you dismissed me, you fucking bastard. Like, what's going on here? Lyndon Johnson, you may know that name because that Uh motherfucker took over for JFK. Yep, yep. Lyndon Johnson visited against Forrestal's wishes. He said, I don't want that motherfucker here. He came anyway. What? That, that's, the whole thing is mysterious. Yeah, very strange. Um, So Sidney Sewers was also a member of, of Majestic 12 or MJ 12. So you got his wife, his two sons, a member of Majestic 12, MJ 12, Lewis Johnson, the who was the Secretary of Defense after he got fucking dismissed, Truman and Lyndon Johnson all visited him. That's a fucking cavalcade of characters, baby. Yeah. Uh so Henry Forrestal, like I said, his brother he threatened a ton of lawsuits, and he said that his brother was li- the last person on earth who would commit suicide. One of those. Yeah, he said James James Forrestal even talked about what, what he planned to do after his relief, and even Truman and the hospital staff are like, yeah, he's pretty healthy. He's probably healthy enough to be released. So just, listen to this, just a few hours before Henry was set to arrive to take him home, he was found dead just what? a few hours before he was about to leave. It's a little too convenient. So it was determined that what had happened was he tried to tie his robe belt around the radiator pipe 
you know, that's how they heated places with, you know, those old radiators. Mm-hmm. And then jump out of the window to hang himself. And then what? the belt came untied from the radiator, and then that's where he dropped to his death. So that was the investigation that they decided? He, it wasn't an escaped attempt? It was like, oh, shit, dude was probably trying to kill himself. It was still tied around his neck. Oh. 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 Mm, maybe? Would he, would he really do that himself? Come on. He was getting ready to be released. Exactly. Did he know that? He knew that. He had, he to, had know. to know that. Yeah. Just a few hours before his brother picked him up. I He's mean, like, nah, fuck this. I can't, I can't go outside. I can't go out there and face the public. How did they, how did they know that he even tried to tie, tie that rope around the radiator? Maybe somebody just tied it around his fucking neck and threw him out the window. Exactly. They tried to asphyxiate him while he was in the room, and that wasn't working. So they threw him out the window. Right. Is there a record of visitation? before that Bef- oh you mean right b- right before that yeah i don't know he didn't mention it in the book and i never even bothered to look it up but there were allegedly scuff marks in the room that made it appear that forrestal was actually attempting to fight someone off and you're like yeah suicide killed himself orderlies maybe i mean it's possible hospital staff did it no cameras then no record of Somebody coming in for a visit. Damn. Yeah. The whole situation is really crazy. Yeah, dude. So, remember I said Forrestal wanted the truth to get out, and now here he is dying. Greasy spot. Being suicided. (laughs) So, not only is it possible, but it's, in my opinion, it's very likely that Forrestal, since he wanted the information to get out, he might have disclosed the information to Kennedy about what was going on. And then Kennedy had him killed. Wow. Hey. <laughs> hey, I don't know about that. But uh, when we come back from break, I'll tell you about this other pretty well-known incident that happened in 1947 that also involves all these people. Oh, shit. <laughs> So there was a particular event on a particular day in the year 1947. You didn't tell me what it was, but I got a pretty good idea what that event might be. Well, I think you do know. I think everybody knows. It was the Roswell incident. There it is. You found it. (laughs) The interesting thing about Roswell is this was the only airbase that had an atomic bomber in the U.S., actually in the world at the time. Huh. That's interesting. Did the aliens, did the the visitors know that? Did they hone in on that? I mean, people say that they always show up around nuclear facilities. That's the Mothman. That's aliens too, dude. They all work together. <laughs> they might be. Hey, maybe they're all buddies. Maybe they're cousins. You know? Mothman and the Greys. You're just that black sheep. <laughs> he, he grew wings. He had that Red Bull. So it happened July 2nd, 1947. I wish that we could have timed this a little better. Because, you know, that was just a month ago. Well, I mean, and many years ago. But <laughs> but July 2nd was just a month ago. In our time. Not in... You know what I mean. So many things are happening right now. 
So it was about 75 miles northwest of Roswell in Lincoln County, New Mexico. And uh, Mac Brazel, who owned the ranch, and other people heard a loud crash near his farm. So the next morning, he's like, ah, I'm not going out there tonight. What? I just heard a boom. Uh, he went out to investigate what had happened, and that's when he found a crash site of a UFO. Oh, shit. On the 7th, he reported it to the sheriff's office, who then forwarded the report to the nearby Roswell military base. It happened on the 2nd. It took him five days to report this. Hmm. Maybe it happened on the 2nd. He went out the 3rd. Then he figured out, figured it out. Maybe he had to milk some cows or something. I don't know. He has some shit to do. He has a farm. He has a farm to run. He can't just be running down, look, talking to the sheriff and all that. <laughs> he's got stuff to do, man. You know, you got wait till the weekend. Yeah, maybe. Why not? Because it's a fucking UFO? <laughs> That's why? <laughs> so, the 7th he reported it. On the 8th is when the report came out that a flying saucer had crashed. That was fast. Yeah, they, I mean, that's how it kind of happened. Well, I mean, it was it was fast for for that time period, I mean. Because it yeah. was still, like, telegrams and Pony Express. Wow. Well, not, not quite. Maybe not quite. Not quite, but yeah. <laughs> the Army itself authorized this press release saying that it was a craft from another world. And then, I guess the higher-ups were like, nah, fuck that. Uh... We made a mistake. Uh, it was actually just a weather balloon, blah, blah, blah. And then, basically, it was forgotten about until 1978. Nobody talked about Roswell. Why? They just trusted the military. Weather balloon. For 30 years. You got it, man. But that's when Jesse Marcel contacted renowned UFO researcher Stanton Friedman to tell him about the truth. Of the Roswell incident. So Marcel, he was in the military at the time. And he told him that it was like nothing that they had ever seen before. It appeared indestructible, had strange hieroglyphic writing, had other unearthly properties, which I don't know what they are. It it appeared indestructible. So it was a full-on, when Farmer Johnson, whatever his name was, who were in the ranch... Mac Brazel. That's him. Mac Brazel. Who when he went out there it was just this full on thing in the ground. No. It wasn't. But it was indestructible. Well a little destructible? Or maybe somewhat, a little destructible. Somewhat indestructible. Maybe the piece they found was indestructible, but as a whole, maybe it can kinda you know, maybe it's got uh crumple zones. <laughs> like <laughs> you know. Crash chest dummies. Yeah. They have airbags. <laughs> Marcel said he was positive. He was sure it was nothing made on this earth. So Marcel said that he took some of the debris home to show his wife and son, Jesse Marcel Jr. How do you do that? You just fuck You're like, let me take a little bit of this. How do you take a little? If it's indestructible, how do you take a little bit of it? Dustpan. I mean, what? <laughs> what are you, yeah, you, you, you dusting do? up? <laughs> just scrape a little bit off. So Marcel Jr., actually became a medical doctor with the U.S. Army, and he attained the rank of colonel. So this guy's no fucking slouch either. Mm. He agreed with his father's assessment about the debris, saying, like, this shit was crazy. You know, I, he saw it. 
So Lieutenant Walter Hout, I think it's Hout, H-A-U-T, Hout, was the public affairs officer for Roswell, and he was ordered by the base commander, Colonel William Blanchard, to draft okay. a press release stating that the United States Army had recovered a flying, a crash flying disc. So this was back when it happened. William Blanchard said, look, just say we got the fucking flying desk. And so Hout, Hout or Hout, I don't fucking know, wrote an affidavit about what happened. And he ordered it to only be released after he died. Okay. Which occurred in 2005. Ooh. And I have that fucking affidavit, my friend. Oh, shit. So it's uh, it's a little lengthy, but um, it starts off date December 26, 2002. Witness Chris, notary Beverly Morgan. Uh, says his name, his birth date is whatever. It says, I'm retired. In July 1947, I was stationed at the Roswell Army Base in Roswell, New Mexico, serving as, a public, as the base public information officer. I had spent the 4th of July weekend, Saturday the 5th and Sunday the 6th, at my private residence about 10 miles north of the base, which was located south of town. I was aware that someone had reported the remains of a downed vehicle by mid-morning after my return to duty at the base on Monday, July 7th. I was aware that Major Jesse A. Marcel, head of intelligence, was sent by the base commander, Colonel William Blanchard, to investigate. By late in the afternoon that day, I would learn that additional civilian reports came in regarding a second site just north of Roswell. I would spend the better part of the day attending to my regular duties, hearing little, if anything, more. Now this gets interesting. On Tuesday morning, July 8th, I would attend the regularly scheduled staff meeting at 7.30 a.m. Uh, beside Blanchard, Marcel, Captain, CIC Captain, Sheridan, just a bunch of names. The main topic of discussion was reported by Marcel and Cavett regarding an extensive debris field in Lincoln County approximately 75 miles northwest of Roswell. A preliminary briefing was provided by Blanchard about the second site the second site. Second site? Approximately 40 miles north of town. Samples what? of wreckage were passed around the table. It was unlike any material I had or have ever seen in my life. Pieces which resembled metal foil, paper thin yet extremely strong, and pieces with unusual markings along their length were handled from man to man, each voicing their opinion. No one was able to identify the crash debris. One of the main concerns discussed at the meeting was whether we should go public or not with the discovery. General Ramey proposed a plan, which I believe originated with his bosses at the Pentagon. Attention needed to be diverted from the more important site north of town by acknowledging the other location. Too many civilians were already involved and the press already was informed. I was not completely informed how this would be accomplished. So... Basically, there's two sites here. Two sites? Yeah. And they wanted to draw attention away from the one that was just north of town, so put more attention on the one that's 75 miles away from town. Right. Awesome. Yeah, so... I guess. He was basically informed, alert the press of what's going on here, basically tell them something happened in Roswell, or in uh, 
the other the other site the the least the less important site so he was told by colonel blanchard to just go home and quote unquote hide out because he was being inundated with phone calls he uh messages stacked up on my desk and rather than deal with the media concern that's when he was told to go hide out before leaving the base though dude he says, before leaving the base, Colonel Blanchard took me personally to Building 84, a B-29 hangar located on the east side of the tarmac. Upon first approaching the building, I observed that it was under heavy guard both outside and inside. Once inside, I was permitted from a safe distance to first observe the object just recovered north of town. It was approximately 12 to 15 feet in length, not quite as wide, about 6 feet high, and more of an egg shape. Lighting was poor, but its surface did appear metallic. No windows, portholes, wings, tail section, or landing gear were visible. What? Also from a distance, I was able to see a couple of bodies under a canvas tarpaulin. Only the heads extended beyond the covering, and I was not able to make out any features. The heads did appear larger than normal, and the contour of the canvas over the body suggested the size of a 10-year-old child. What? At a later date in Blanchard's office, he would extend his arms about four feet above the floor to indicate their height. Awesome. Holy crap. Yeah. So that, that, those ones were at the uh, closer site? The more important site? Yeah, th- that was from the more important site. What it seems like is we have maybe some debris from the crash... Or maybe, like, this debris fell off, which caused them to crash fully at the other location. Uh, you know I mean? okay. So, so maybe um, Mac Brazel, maybe he heard maybe some sort of explosion, and then whatever exploded off the ship landed in on his fucking ranch, and they just kind of fucking, and then coasted to yeah, where the yeah. other site is. Damn. Holy shit. Just thinking about that, that whole idea is just insane. I, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. I didn't know there were two sites. I had no idea. I know. Me either. That was 1947, and this guy died in 2005, and released this just recently. 2002. Oh, at least 2005 is when he died. He died in 2005. Yeah, this was so. This affidavit was done in 2002 and then got released after he died in 05. Okay. I feel like that leads, like gives it a little more credence because he didn't actually know when he was going to die, but he wanted to make sure that this was out there after he died. Yes. Or he was just like, I can't get in trouble if I'm dead for lying (laughs) on an affidavit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. I don't understand why it jumps like this. Did I miss part of it? Or is that in my notes? I don't fucking know, dude. We've been taking uh, notes for days and days on it, so... So, General Ramey, the one I was telling you about, who was like, we need to draw attention from this, and need to... You know, he was the one who uh, basically said, like, we gotta send them out of the way here. Sent him to the other site. Right. So, and almost, but he's like, oh, there's UFO. 
that only kind of draws the attention away, doesn't it? Well, then they changed it real quick to say, oh, it's just a weather balloon. Did they do that on purpose, though? Did they first say UFO on purpose, and then they're like, oh, it's a, it's a weather balloon to keep people away because the news is blowing up? Did they know it was going to happen? I think what happened was they fuck, they released it, and then they were like, oh, shit, Like now people are going to be flocking to the area. Say it's a weather balloon. It's just part of some shit we were working on. So people just completely stay away. They don't even come near the second site or the first site. Maybe. This uh, General Ramey guy, he sent Jesse Marcel to Fort Worth to do uh, this like press release. And uh, Marcel was ordered to crouch over this material that looked like a weather balloon. And it was used to back the claim that it, you know, it was indeed a weather balloon. <laughs> so they staged it later on. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Hilarious. What happened was he got there with the material. He put it down. I think he said he went to the restroom or he went somewhere. He came out, that material was gone and it was just fucking uh sticks and tape and shit. What? Yeah. So the material he took was not the material he was photographed with. You can find this photograph online. There's, it's a very popular Roswell photograph. It's got him kneeling down. He's got like part of it in his hand, and it's right there on the ground. So after he returned to Roswell, he told Halt what happened in Fort Worth. And uh, so as his affidavit said, there are two sites, but there was no talk in these meetings about security for either site. They didn't give a shit about security. Their main goal was, how do we throw these people off? How do we alert the media but not tell them what it really is? You're just going to come out and tell the media that it's a UFO first. That's going to give speculation to everything. Yeah, well, I think I think what happened was, and I think this is Dr. Michael, Sa- Michael Sala's opinion too, they did, they said what it was. And then the higher-ups at... Uh, the Pentagon Mm. said no 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 that was not that's a fucking you tell them a weather balloon it's national security you're talking about you're gonna have public outcry what are you doing crazy dude so basically it's believed that the because of because they weren't talking about security that the Pentagon deployed its own special teams for security and uh I think you might know what team that is. MJ-12. MJ-12, buddy. So the Roswell base, they were in charge of providing the manpower and throwing the public off the trail by releasing these contradictory press releases or whatever. The Army Chief of Staff, who was behind the cover-up, you remember who that was? No. The White D. Eisenhower, brother. Oh... Yeah. Eisenhower showing up. What president was it Eisenhower? Or was it somebody else? Wasn't there isn't there a story maybe I'm stepping on your toes. Maybe that comes up. But isn't there a story with one of them that he gets contacted by aliens and the aliens are like, What don't use nukes? What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, so that was there was a meeting. He had a meeting 
Was it Eisenhower or was it Hoover? It wasn't Hoover. You know what? It's got to be Eisenhower, right? Because, I mean, who else would it be? It wasn't Reagan. No, because I think we had the technology for nukes, and they told him not to use the nukes. The aliens did. Don't use the nukes, or we'll be back. And he's like, well, fuck you guys. I'm going to use the nukes anyway. Or was it the other way around? Shit, guys, use the nukes. Don't use them again. Well, it was a meet- he had two meetings, allegedly. He had one with the Nordics who were like, look, we'll give you all this technology. Just stop using the nukes. And then he had another meeting with the Greys who were like, look, we don't give a shit what you do with the nukes. Just let us do some experiments on you guys and or on like basically the, the animals and shit. And we'll give you some technology or whatever. And uh, you guys keep using the nukes. And he was like, yeah, I like that idea. <laughs> and I think it was Eisenhower. Now, none of that was part of your research for this. That was just some sort of side thing. Right, yeah. Allegedly, supposedly, theoretically. Maybe. So Eisenhower, he had just returned to the country from Germany in 45, and then that's when he was appointed the chief of staff. So he he knew very well what the Germans were working with because he took over as the military governor of the U.S. occupied zone over there. I mean, he was the guy. He was a five-star general. This was the fucking guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's nobody else. So, apparently, Nathan Twining was ordered by Eisenhower to travel from what is now Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. It was like Wright something field, whatever, which is just east of Dayton, Ohio, to what is now known as Holloman Air Force Base in Alamogordo, New Mexico, to write a report of the Roswell crash. Eisenhower also ordered Twining to go to the White Sands Missile Base, quote, to make an appraisal of the reported unidentified objects being kept there, end quote. What? Now, White Sands, I don't remember if we talked about this in Project Paperclip, is where they kept the Nazis... Like, that's where the Nazis went. The Nazi scientists. Yeah. I mean, this is in White Sands. It's in New Mexico. You got this. Like, who else better to fucking evaluate a UFO wreckage than the fucking people who had help developing shit from people of other worlds? What? Those are doubts that I got connected. I didn't know I was going to get connected. Holy crap. There's a lot of dot connecting going on um, there is an IPU report here which is the interplanetary phenomenon unit what <laughs> yeah IPU yeah and I, I don't even know why I have it in my notes I can't remember what it was for it just says read IPU report report but the report is too fucking long I can't read this does it have a date associated with that these things are so fucking hard to read, dude. Yeah. It was, I think it says revised July 16th, 95. What? It looks like it says July 9th or 8th, 1947 or 1967. I can't tell. It was 47, then it was immediately after. Yeah. Oh, this literally says at 2332 Mountain Standard Time, July 3rd of 1947, radar station in East Texas 
and White Sands Proving Ground, New Mexico, tracked two unidentified aircraft until both dropped off radar. Oh, my God. <laughs> two crash sites have been located close to the White's, the WSPG, which is the, you know, the White Sands Proving Ground. Site LZ-1. This is what I was supposed to read. This is what I was supposed to read. I remember now. <laughs> Site LZ-1 was located at a ranch near Corona, approximately 75 miles northwest of the town of Roswell. Site LZ-2 was located approximately 20 miles southeast of the town of Socorre. Again, guys, these are so hard to read. I'm doing my best here. <laughs> at latitude 3360, longitude, whatever. With Oscura Peak being the geographic reference point. The AST personnel were mainly interested in LZ2 as this site contained the majority. Oh my God. <laughs> as this site contained the majority of structural detail of the craft's airframe, propulsion, and navigation technology. The recovery of five bodies and a damaged escape cylinder precluded an investigation at LZ1. What? I want to. <laughs> On arrival at L... This is a fucking document that from the Interplanetary Phenomenon Unit. What the f... That's... Radar? Oh my... I can't... What, what's going on? On Listen. On arrival at LZ-2, personnel assessed the finds as not belonging to any aircraft, rocket, weapons, or balloon tests that are normally conducted from surrounding bases. First reports indicated that the first crash investigators from Roswell AAF, the LZ-1, was the remains of a AAF top-secret mogul balloon project. When scientists from the Los Angeles Scientific Laboratory arrived to inspect LZ-2, it became apparent to all concerned that what had crashed in the desert was something out of this world. Holy shit. That's in the report. That's in their fucking report, dude. That's, that's fucking awesome. This is an eight-page report. I only read you a couple paragraphs. This <laughs> is eight pages, dude. I read through all these fucking things. Dated for the day after the radar reported it. Or I guess it was a week. It was a week after, because you said it was July something something 1947 or 1967. It's really, really hard to see it, man. I'm telling you, like... I can make out July, I can make out a 1, a 9, a 7, but I don't know if that's a 4 that the bottom got cut off or a 6 that looks a little strange. Um, I'm looking here, I don't see any other, maybe it's signed or something at the bottom here. What? Oh my god. What? Okay. In paragraph 13, oh my god dude. It's so interesting. It's so fucking interesting. Like, I just want to fucking read the whole thing. Like, okay, so this says, As to the bodies recovered at LZ-2, it appeared that none of the five crew members survived entry into our atmosphere due to unknown causes. Five. Dr. Detlev Bronk has been asked to assist in the autopsy of one well-preserved cadaver to be done by Major Charles D. Reck? I don't know. From what descriptions the team was able to learn and from photographs taken by intelligence photographers, the occupants appear in most respects human with slash some anatomical differences in the head, eyes, hands, and feet. Fuck yeah. They have a slight build about five feet tall with grayish pink skin color. 
They have no hair on their bodies and clothed with a tight-fitting flight suit that appears to be fireproof. Some of the bodies looked as if they had been burned on head and hands. Their overall stature reminds me reminds one of young children. It is believed that there were male and female genders present, but was hard to distinguish. Holy shit. That's so awesome. I don't I've never heard that about the incident. It's I know that it was right around this point when I was telling you like I may have just got another episode topic but i figured i'll just throw it all to i'll just make it a long fucking series and see how far we get because we're at the end of this one and now you just dropped this bombshell and there's so much more kennedy to go yeah oh yeah yeah i mean i'm only on what i just started page eight of my notes of 20 yeah so and far. I'm not even done the book. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's a good place to leave it. And I guess the next episode is going to start us off with Mr. Eisenhower. He's a freaking joker. Holy crap. I didn't realize he was. He's so involved in all of this. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you what. No spoilers here, but Eisenhower kind of gets fucked. Oh, shit. Yeah. Maybe that'll be a cliffhanger to come back for the next one. Hell yeah. I'm ready to come back for the next one right now. <laughs> but I promise, guys, this all does lead in to J- the JFK assassination and him possibly being assassinated because he went toe-to-toe with the CIA and MG12. MJ12. Motherfuckers. Yeah. Damn. Oh, yeah. It's fucking wild, buddy. Hell yeah. Leave us five stars on podchaser.com slash on the weird Apple podcast. Find us there five stars. And I don't know. What do you make of all this? Have you heard this before? Want to read some affidavits? We'll share some of these with you. And then we could all get suicided together. Yeah, we might have to share it, dude, because we need a lot of people to see all this stuff. So, I mean, <laughs> they can't, if they just take, if we just know about it and we get taken out, they'll be like, ah, well. Yep, sweeping under the rug. Yeah, exactly. Everyone needs to know. But if you want some weirdness merch, HQ, what? Oh, what? I jumped a gun. Well, I mean, we're all over the place. Oh, but Mace, most, mostly, mostly, mainly, really? mostly. I can't even. I'm so flustered. <laughs> the Discord is what I'm getting at, but weirdnesshq.com/slash bring on the weird. And that will get you to all the links. And Discord is right there. Sure is. And if you want some merch, maybe an alien head in honor of this episode. Go to Zazzle.com slash store slash bring on the weird. MyConspiracyTees.com slash bring on the weird. Or tpublic.com and search bring on the weird. All the links will be down in the description. All the links we say, they're all down there. And they're all on Weirdness HQ. Man, oh man. Stay weird, world. And we'll see you guys next time.